Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast will be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. Well, good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Robert here, and this is the Liberty VR Podcast. I'm so excited to see you guys today. Uh, I love that we are able to connect through this this media here. Uh, you can come into my area, my space, my living room, and you're not actually here. So I get to kick you out easily mm-hmm. when I'm done. <laughs> but I'm so excited because I got one of my one of my friends on the show, one of my support system, Tyra Banks, is in the house. And um, Tyra, would you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much for having me, Pastor Rob. Um, I just love and appreciate you and Aminga uh, for supporting me and, and everything that you guys have done over the years to be a blessing to my life. Um, so, so, can y'all hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you. you I might have to turn on, uh, let me turn on Do Not Disturb. So, a little bit about my background. I actually studied at uh, LSU College of Business have had a long history learning about politics, nonprofit management, business development. I've been a small business owner for over a decade now, and I get super excited about sharing all the information that I've learned with people. I believe that God sent me to these different internships and fellowships and different degrees that I have were all to serve his people, that none of it was really about me. And so that's my give back. That's what I love to do. Right. I had the uh, the honor of sitting with you a few years ago, uh, talking about our finances, and man, that was a a sobering conversation that that really made us look at our finances much different. So I always, every once in a while, I give you a text and I say thank you, you know, <laughs> because it's uh, it's been a blessing, especially uh, dealing with life insurance, which I know is one of the things that are uh, it's always on your heart, making sure that we have life insurance. Yes. Yes. I'm going to tell y'all why really quickly. So mm-hmm. I had a, a family member pass away young. It was unexpected. And she always had life insurance on her jobs. And that's good, right? If it's free or low cost yeah. coverage, get it. I'm not opposed to it. But let me tell you what happened. Because she got sick and she was put into a facility, she was not at work. So that meant the life insurance from her job did not cover her. Yeah. She died without a will because we don't think about getting a will until we get older. She died without a will. And her, we had to go to court to get her kids because I didn't realize this. But if you die without a will with minor children, the courts get to decide who actually has custody of those children. Wow. So their dads were in court with us as family members. Uh, so that was one major, major impact on me. Secondly, the financial impact. Right. She she was a responsible person. She would not have left her kids with nothing if she could have prevented that right and we think that we're being smart by getting the benefits on our job but we don't think about what what's in that paperwork that we don't understand second uh, story i had a a client of mine um she was an investment client of mine she decided not to get the life insurance with me um which i I didn't judge but i did educate her i was like hey you only have life insurance at your job i was like so it's gonna be very important for you to save money and even if you have life insurance, it's still going to be important for you to save money. But uh, I, I talked to her about that. Well, she was a younger woman. Uh, she was about 26 years old. She had a baby and she had some complications. Because she was out on maternity leave, her life insurance from her job did not cover her. Wow. Because if you're not working, you're not actively working, then that life insurance is not covering you. And so I did she not passed know that. away. That baby now is having to be raised by her mom, who's oh. you know getting older. And when we think about retirement and we think about, you know, setting up our lives to be financially independent when we get older, we don't think about things like, oh, what if my child passes away? Do I have enough cash to raise my grandchild? Her mom had right. never into her mom's life. And yeah. so life insurance is so near and dear to my heart. I often tell people I let my life get cut off before I lose my life insurance. Because one last story, I had life insurance. Um, I got it young. So it was fairly cheap. Yeah. And I went through a, a financial hardship. I was trying to take care of family members. And we're going to talk a little bit about financial wellness and why we make some of the decisions that we make. So I was a yes girl and I still struggle with that, right? Wanting everybody to be okay, wanting to take care of everything. And so I was going through a financial hardship at the same time that my family member was. And so I stepped in and I started taking care of things. I wasn't balancing my checkbook. I wasn't paying attention to anything. 
at all. Things, wow. transactions just moving in and out of my bank account. Well, let me tell y'all, I didn't open my mail for months because I was going through some serious financial, some serious health stuff for myself, yeah. undergoing lots of tests and, and uh, ended up my life insurance lapse. And so I'm like, oh, goodness, you know, let me hurry up and, and right. get everything back together. Went to get everything back together. Well, because I'd had those health challenges, my premium went up almost double. Oh, wow. And so when I yeah. tell y'all these these stories, it's from a real place. This is not salesmanship. Right. This is if our people would understand and, and get the knowledge, I know we would make better choices because we're those kinds of people. We love, yeah, definitely. we love our families. Absolutely. And so that's why I'm, I'm really hard on life insurance. I'm really hard on investing for the future because my grandmother, right. before she passed, she, she had retired twice. Now, she was a nurse, so she made okay money. But being a woman, you don't make as much money as men. And then being a black woman in the South, she especially yeah. didn't make as much money as her counterparts. And so she saved for retirement, but she didn't know what she was investing in. She didn't understand the investments. And there was nobody who was really sitting down to help her put that together. So if your job has a 401k, they give you these papers and you read them and you say, okay, I think I'm going to make the most conservative investment. And she didn't understand right. how the market worked. And so she made very conservative investments. That meant she didn't have enough money to truly be retired. She yeah. had to go back to work two times. She worked seven days a week. Now, this was a woman who was a hardworking woman, had never been on unemployment or anything in her life. She right, always right. worked one and two jobs. But because she didn't understand how to manage her investment, and she didn't have anybody free to talk to. And so one of the things she told me uh, when she was getting up in age, she said, if you don't do anything but teach classes, I would be proud right. of you. She said, if you never yeah. made money doing this, I still think you should do it. When I was studying to get my license and other people right. felt like, you know, Tyra, getting your investment license, I don't know. And my grandmother was one was one person who said, even if you just teach people about how this works, I would be proud of you if you never made a dime. Right. Because we need to know these things. And so that's why I'm so super excited, pumped and passionate about doing this work. And, and teaching is one of the things that I, I've been a part of is watching you teach it. You came to Crossroads and you taught a two day class for us before. Yes. And it was really good. I've got so much great feedback about it. And um, I, I really think that and I really believe that people's lives were changed uh, just sitting in there and listening and hearing the crazy things that we do out loud. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just actually do, hearing it out loud, you kind of realize, man, I'm crazy. Why did I do we that? Don't, <laughs> we don't feel crazy when we do it. I tell people all the time I was shopping. I was a really serious shopper. I love shoes and clothes. Yeah. And if I saw something on sale, I would buy it because it was on sale. Right. right? Like I felt like I should buy it. This is a good deal. Right. Yeah. I didn't think about two things. Number one, I wasn't buying stocks when the market was down, even though that meant the stock price was on sale. Yeah. Right. So somehow that logic didn't translate for me. That was one thing I laughed at about myself. And the second was I never thought about what happens to this money after I buy this thing. Like I buy these shoes, I wear them for four or five years and they are gone. Yeah. But if I right. had saved that money, the little money babies that would have been made from that money would be with wow. me and potentially be with my legacy. And I had not thought about that. That's so funny that you said it because I just wrote down legacy on my on my paper here. And I was talking to a uh, a friend of mine today and, you know, he was talking about uh, uh, traveling and uh, he just he's still uh, traveling with the military. And I said, man, mm -hmm. there's nothing like sitting down. And um, in these last few years, it's, it's been the longest that our family's ever lived in one place. And mm -hmm. I told him, I said, now it's it's a lot about legacy for me. And making sure that my kids are in a good place and my kids have school and my kids are going to school and my kids are, are, are doing great. You know what I mean? So it's a lot about legacy and laying down those roots. And for many of us, it really is about legacy. Um, what are we leaving our children? Absolutely. Right. I heard T.D. Jakes talks one before one day uh, in a message that he was talking about uh, when his mother died. He, when his mother died, he said that. Um, the bill collectors started calling him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm still thinking to myself, like, would that be my legacy? Would I be leaving my kids and my family with a bill instead of great uh -huh. memories? That's deep. And it's all about the decisions that we make today. Yeah. It's about the decisions we make today. We can decide, you know, if we get a lump sum of, of money, you know, maybe we have a car accident, we can decide 
to shop and pay up some bills. And, we, you know, we feel responsible because we're like, we're getting our credit together. Yeah. Or we can put away some money, try to buy a small piece of land with some money. I'm going to tell you why that's important, especially in some of the areas that are being redeveloped. Yeah. Buying a small piece of land, that's a potential strip center one day. Right. Exactly. And you Definitely. can buy them for a couple thousand dollars. I have a friend of mine, he owns six houses. And I like to tell stories because I think it just makes it real, y'all. Yeah. It's like, these are real people. This is not some Warren Buffett pie in the sky. He, he bought six houses. Uh, he bought them from tax sales and foreclosures. He would uh, do things like pay off his bills, but he would continue to work really hard. And he would leverage the fact that he didn't have very much debt and he had okay credit. Yeah. He would leverage that to purchase new property and so he purchased trailers he purchased small pieces of land well he was a truck driver he got into a really bad accident burned 80 percent of his body wow and i learned two things from his accident one he always said that he wouldn't get fat and out of shape because and, and i'm not a, a big time exerciser all the time i just do a little bit of something so that right. that impacted me because he said he he made a conscious choice not to be out of shape just in case his body ever needed his strength or anything Wow. And the, the second thing was that he always bought property. He invested. He invests with me. He's actually one of my investment clients. He invests with me. Anytime he gets a little bit of extra money, he'll put it uh, in an investment. But he, he, he was like a, a lifelong learner. He was all about learning about that stuff. He didn't feel yeah. like it was beyond him. Well, what was so crazy was when the accident happened, he had to get himself. There was a, a defect in his truck. He had to get himself out through the window. Wow. And he was able to hoist his own body up out of his 18 wheeler, get through the window because he wasn't um, that big, even though, um, you know, he's a truck driver. So he's sitting down yeah. all the time. But he was he was determined not to get out of shape just in case he ever needed his strength. Right. And he got himself out of the window. He's been able to recover and not have to work a job for over yeah. a year. But it's because he had assets. He didn't have right. the fanciest car. He didn't even have the fanciest house. To say he owned six houses, he lived right. in a very modest home. But he he was putting away something for himself, his kids, and his family. He has not had to work in over a year because of the properties that he purchased. And so I just want to encourage you guys, yeah. whether it's making hair bows and selling them online, maybe yeah. it's baking cakes, teaching piano lessons, get a side business. Take advantage of those tax benefits, right. but also the extra savings that you can do. It's funny how, um, as you were speaking, I was thinking about most of the people that are, are around me and, and my friends and family and my sphere of influence are always have always been consumers. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of, uh, of of selling or giving a product, we're always consuming a product and, and, and buying and buying and buying new things and buying new shoes and and mm -hmm. uh, never placing ourselves in the in the with the ability to to sell and to gain and that our money will be making money for us. Right. Absolutely. Uh, when I'm when I'm not able to work, my money will continue working. Absolutely. So this is going to be a great show. I'm already excited about this show because managing managing your money in the middle of a financial uh, middle of a pandemic is an unprecedented dilemma. And many Americans are facing a great deal of uncertainty about their jobs their monthly income, daily expenses, debt, retirement, and our cash savings. Um, so I guess one of the first questions I have for you is uh, that Congress approved the stimulus um, a few weeks ago. And after it was uh, approved, the money was uh, either deposited into our account or it was mailed to us in a check. And um, you look on social media and you see people buying new shoes and new cars and this and that and this and that. So tell me, what is the what is the purpose of a stimulus? What's it's the purpose of a stimulus packet? It's to, to stimulate the economy. It's to help make sure that money can flow. And the reason why twelve hundred to to fifteen to uh, seventeen hundred, so five hundred, if you had a dependent child has been sent to you is to make sure that you can keep bills paid, take care of your needs. And so when you look at taking that money and going out and buying something that we don't need, I'm not saying don't take care of your needs, right? Hear me. I'm not the person that says you should starve yourself to pay bills because as you can tell from the last two financial crises we had, 
the big companies and big banks are going to get bailed out. They're going to get taken care of. Right. But your right. $1,200 is it. They're not sending you another check. That's not guaranteed. Right. And so we want to make the wisest decisions possible with the $1,200. I would say time. It's just a principle that works. So give yeah. some of the money. Secondly, put away some money in an emergency fund. And then third, I would encourage you to make sure that your basic things are covered. Many people have deferred bills, right? So they might defer. They, you don't have to pay your light bill for a while. They won't cut it off. Right. You can right. roll your card note on to the end. But guess what? That bill is coming due. It's just yeah, not, it's not going away. Yes. So please don't go to Walmart. Don't go to Target and buy up every fun thing. The kids don't need those extra gases. I promise. They might be bored, but they will figure it out because right. there's a, a older version of you that needs you to make the best decision today. And here's what's going to happen. Jobs, the COVID-19 may shoot up again because of the mutation of the virus. This right. virus is not gone just because the economy is opening back up. And so let's say jobs have to lay off again or we have to social distance again. You yeah. may need that cash for something. So exactly. hold on for that stimulus check if you can. Now, if it's burning a hole in your pocket, call me. We can put it into an account that you can't easily touch. But if you had an emergency, I could transfer it into your checking account. Or call me and um, I'll put it into my account. There you and go. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you said the first thing you say is giving. And uh, so when you when when there is a, a, a financial crisis or anything happens, the first thing we do is we stop giving and especially to the church. Uh, well, you'll see people have you know stopped giving and it is a principle. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So we are part of God's economy, right? There's a sow and reap and a faith element to God's economy. Number one, you can't sow without reaping something. So it means if you're sowing money, then you're going to reap that. You're sowing abundance, right. you're going to reap that. Second, God wants us to trust him, not to worry about what we're going to eat tomorrow, what we're going to wear tomorrow. He wants us to rely on him and have that faith. And so I'm saying use wisdom, of course. Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't flush all the money down the drain and say, God's going to bless me. No, right, right. Said, don't try me. Right. We're going to have some wisdom. But you got to trust that he's going to make provision for you. If you're wise and a good steward of what he's given you, he's going to make provision for you. So don't. I often find when we're not giving and I've gone through cycles where I'm not tithing and it's generally because of fear. It's always right. a fear based yeah. decision. It is. What if I can't pay X? Now, what I've noticed is when I am tithing, random miracles happen. Right. I have, yeah. you yeah. know, a client who didn't pay me five years ago who says I came into some money and I know that I owed you this. Let me give it to you. You have a cousin who says, thank you so much. You helped me graduate. You probably don't remember when you helped me with my homework, but here's a hundred dollars. Right. Or right, I, I, right. Get, I got a random sweepstakes, hundred dollar gift card from the bank. Right. Yeah. And so those things happen, y'all. It really happens when we have faith that God will provide for us that we don't have to worry about our provision. Yeah. And I, what I found um, is that those times where I've had fear uh, that, well, I bet not do that. I better save it just in case something come up. Yeah, I always spend it anyway on junk. So it's not like I'm going to use that money that I'm saying uh, I need. Uh, normally, if I hold it back from God, I'm usually going to spend it anyway. Absolutely. It sneaks out of our hand into Walmart's pocket. Right. Exactly. You <laughs> see, like every time I go into Walmart for something yeah. to drink, I end up with a big basket of things. I don't know why you always end up spending a hundred dollars in Walmart. It's, it's <laughs> something about it. I feel like they just prayed over that plate because I was just going to make that same comment. I'll go into Walmart to buy grapes and I'll leave a right. hundred dollars later. hundred dollars later. So right. So you, as you were speaking, you was also talking about you know trusting in God, uh, but I feel like a lot of people are still trusting in the government. They're trusting in the government to take care of them and or well, they're going to do another stimulus. And I keep hearing, oh, they're going to do another stimulus and, you know, we're going to get some more money. But we got to stop trusting in the government to take care of us. Absolutely. That stimulus money, y'all, is not guaranteed. And the timing of it is not guaranteed. So yeah. it's not guaranteed to get to you very quickly. And so if you or your child has an emergency, you need to go to the emergency room and the copay yeah. is ninety dollars. You don't want to look around like, oh, my God, I got to call somebody and find $90. Yeah. 
because right. I trusted that some more money was coming. So don't waste the provision that you've been blessed in. Exactly. Exactly. But what should we be doing with it? I mean, should I uh, should I tuck it into my my uh, pillowcase, put it under the bed? Please don't. Should we take all our money out of the bank? Should we take our money out of Please the bank don't. just in case the government falls? Please don't. So so hear me, guys. The money that you have in a deposit institution like a bank is federally guaranteed by the FDIC up to certain limits. So your regular cash that you have in your bank account, please don't run and remove it all from the bank. Second thing, I see people who are moving everything out of their retirement accounts. Please don't do that. So let me tell you really quickly how the market works. So the there's basically a shopping center made up of a bunch of different businesses and commodities, home. y'all i have my phone on do not disturb but i'm not sure why people can still call me um so the there's a, a shopping center made up these different commodities and businesses and you can buy into them right now all of them are selling low because people have gotten nervous and they've moved their money out so you can buy all of these pieces of all of these things on cheap well guess what the economy is going to come back Right. So in the existence yeah. of our country, we've never stayed down forever. We always come back up. And so when the economy goes back up, everything costs more and people start putting more money into the market and share prices rise. Right. So this is how the wealthy make money. They buy low. So when everybody else gets scared and runs away, yeah. they buy up everything. And then when the market begins to climb again, they sell off their shares, but they're selling it at a higher price. So they get paid the spread that's in the middle. All right. right. Everybody with me on that? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what I want to encourage you to do is if let's say you're OK and you don't need the stimulus money right now to keep your water on. I want you to put some money in the market. And here's why. Because we're about to go back up. We're going to go through another cycle. So if you right. buy it at ten dollars today and it's worth twenty dollars next year, you have made twenty dollars in that account. Another thing I always want to say when I talk about the market is your gain or loss is not realized until you pull the money out. Yeah. So that means you might look at your account and you're like uh, my retirement account. You might look at your retirement account. and You're like, it dropped down so low. I lost 40 percent. I can't believe it. If you are not retiring today, that does not matter because it's going to go back up. If y'all notice in the history of our country, about every 10 years or so, we have some type of recession. Or yeah. Crisis. Yeah. Right. So if you're not retiring tomorrow, you don't need that cash. Don't worry about it. If you are retiring tomorrow, we definitely need to sit down. And I do this for free, y'all. So this is not I'm not selling you this. This is true strategy. Right. One strategy that you can do is as you get closer to retirement, a smart investment advisor will help you to move your money into accounts that are more conservative so that you have less up and down in the marketplace. I'll give you an example. So the city of Baton Rouge is undergoing the biggest transportation and infrastructure investment in the history of our city. It's called Movie BR. There's yeah. a tax that we as voters pass. Well, did you know that the city had to sell what's called municipal bonds to investors? And investors are financing that money on the front end and getting paid on the back end when the tax dollars roll in. Okay. Does that make sense? Right. So as we as they people buy things, then that money comes back to the investor. Absolutely. Well, cities and states have high bond ratings because constitutionally we have to balance our budgets. So we cannot carry deficits like the federal government can. So it is a benefit to you to invest in municipal bonds because, A, it's like a guarantee you're going to get your money back. Right. I can't say that, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They have to pay you back. The, there are bond commissions that approve the amount of bonds that a, a city can release just because it's almost like uh, getting a credit approval. They approve you to buy a certain type of car, a certain amount that you right. can finance. Same thing with the city. So the bond commission says you can sell off X amount of bonds. We have X amount of investors who can get into this. Right. So that's uh -huh. the first thing is it's pretty safe. The second benefit is you don't pay any federal taxes on it. 
So the gains that you make on your municipal bonds, you're not going to have to pay any federal taxes on it. The, the Fed say you're helping the states out and that stabilizes yeah. everybody. And so I want to encourage you, invest a portion of the money, even if it's $100 of your $1,200. Right, right. Put the money right. in something that'll grow. So because if you invest, invest in your, your uh, personal money before uh, stimulus, basically, as you're investing it, it's saying that that money wasn't income. So you don't get, have to pay taxes on the money that you invest in. Exactly. So the, the um, and it depends on what you're investing in, of course. So right. if you go out and buy a piece of real estate and you sell it, you're going to have capital gains tax. Right, right. But if you're putting it in a retirement account, you're not going to pay taxes. And if you're putting it into an emergency fund that maybe has municipal bonds in it, you're not going to pay taxes. Wow, that's awesome. That's good. I just want to remind everybody that's listening, uh, you can call in with any questions that you have. We would love to hear what, what you're hearing and what you need as um, far as your financial health. Uh, I got a my first caller here, I'm going to click into her. Hey, let's see. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey. How are you doing? Hey, I am doing good. Hey, Tyra. Hey, Pastor. So hey. I hear you talking about bonds and buying municipal bonds. How do you go about doing that? Like, I didn't even know that was still a thing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm not saying run out and buy treasury bonds. Right. They oh. traditionally have very low, very, very low rates, but... Uh, I have uh, access to municipal bond funds that traditionally are paying six and seven percent interest every year. So okay, there's a really great market. So you have to sit down in order to buy into a bond fund. You have to sit down with somebody who is Series Six licensed. So okay. you can go to Finra.org uh, or you can uh, call or text me. I can sit down with you. I'm Series Six licensed, um, but you have to have a, a licensed investment representative okay. uh, to access those. And what's I don't the know of, I don't know of other pla like yeah, I know you can go like on E Trade to buy stuff, <clears> but I'm not sure if you can buy municipal bonds on E Trade. Okay. Now, what's the difference in a municipal bond and a treasury bond? So treasury bonds come from the feds. Okay. And it is um, a federal security. Municipal bonds are for states and cities. They're for uh, local governments. Okay. So municipal bonds. Hmm. So, like, I have um, uh, through the, I guess it's through the state, um, a start savings account for Olivia. Uh -huh. um, and part one of the things, because, like, you can go in and decide what you want to invest in or whatever. One of those things is, um, I know it said something about bonds, but I didn't, I don't, I didn't read it. I need to meet with you so bad. <laughs> I didn't read it very well. But I, is could that be what that is? Potentially, I'll have to look okay. at uh, what okay. the options. Just for the listening audience, the START program is a student tuition program. So you uh, basically you are doing it through the state of Louisiana. Um, it's like a revenue. It's a um, it's a Department of Revenue type of fund where mm -hmm. it helps you to grow that money, but you have to use it for college tuition. Right. And they actually have expanded it now where you can use it for um, elementary, uh, like private school or private school. Um, books, things like that. Yeah. So. Um, that is awesome. Okay. And I'm, I'm so proud of you for investing for your baby. <laughs> yes, so girl. You, I learned. See, I learned something. <laughs> I'm so I'm so pumped up and excited. There's another service <laughs> that I offer. Um, so accounts, ability accounts for um if you know someone who has a child with a disability and they really want to start saving towards that child's future, that child can start a business, go to a trade school, get any accommodations at university, anything that they need to use that money for to better their life. So we can start those. And then one of my favorites that I have for my son is the UGMA, UGMA account. Um, you can put as low as $25 a month into it, but mm -hmm. it's an investment account for a child. So, Savings, some of the, the state savings accounts and, and some of those traditional savings accounts, they're uh, low interest and they're only certain things that you can put into them. With a UGMA account, you can put securities in it. So by securities, I mean you can put real estate and investment oh. vehicles in them. And so if you wanted to uh, grow the money, for example, I know uh, with my son, by the time he's going to college, he's going to need $70,000, $80,000. So I have an investment account for him. And they're very low in fees and it transfers to him 
when he turns 18. So if he chooses to go to a trade school or an art school, he can still use that money. Wow. I definitely want more information about that. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Sit down. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Now, if you guys want any more information, you uh, Tara uh, has an email address. Type it into that. Yeah. Um, type it you into that message. It? Yeah, you could mm -hmm. type it into that message uh, center uh, text or I don't know what to call it. I guess message center. <laughs> I'm gonna give y'all my there. email that comes to my phone. Tyler215 at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth, for calling. Thank you. So um, one of the things I was I was thinking about is with with everything that's going on with the virus, what have you seen far as how it's affecting people's finances? So I'm I'm noticing that. Lots of people are having to be at home with their child, right? And children, that's my son. I don't know if y'all heard him. He's hungry again. They're always so hungry. Being at home, always. Yeah, I can feed him all day and he's going to be hungry again. So <laughs> being at home with your child, while it's a blessing, I mean, I enjoy him. Although, side note, y'all, I think since I've had, it to, had to do this homeschooling situation, we have gotten into more tussles. Right. Like we've broken more glass from dropping random stuff. We got into more tussles in the last two months than I think ever in our lives. <laughs> Homeschooling is not for the faint of heart. But, That's right. Um, being at home with your child costs money. You know, you, you increase in your electric bill that's happening and you're increasing your food budget that's happening. So I want to encourage you guys to check out local food pantries. They don't add. They just ask you to have a Social Security number and a zip code or address. And that's just so they keep track of who they're serving. But outside of that, um, you can access them. No questions asked. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, I was reading earlier today that um, the local government is doing an EBT card now. Yeah. So that's if what you I have children, go ahead. Can you tell us about it? Absolutely. So it's um, if your child traditionally was getting free and reduced lunch, that's who they really have designed it for. But I don't think that they're going to. Um, it's called the. Pandemic Electronic Benefit Transfer Program. I don't I don't think that they're going to stop families who maybe didn't get free and reduced lunch. But that's that's what made them design it. Right. Um, and so all you have to provide is your name, your social, your address, and the social of the child. Right. And you get the card and they uh, mail that to you. Yeah. And so definitely apply for that. That's one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, people are really feeling the sting on the food budgets. Uh, another thing that I've recognized is folks who are going to get unemployment and making more money on unemployment than you were at your job. Yeah, I've heard that. What, what I want to say about that is bank some of that money. Don't expand your budget right now. Right now is right. not the time to go get a new TV on credit. Right. Right now is the time because unemployment will not last forever. Right. right now is the time to say, I'm making $15 an hour on unemployment and I was making $8 an hour at work. Let me keep that extra money. And again, if you're tempted and, and let me make a sidebar just for a second. The money habits are learned throughout our life. Our attitudes yeah. about money, many of them subconscious, deeply, deeply rooted. Right. Yeah. So if we have a habit of doing things a certain way, it's very hard to break that habit, even once we have new information. Right. And also what we learn to do with money is often separate from what's in our best interest of what to do. Yeah. With money. I found so that I um, we are we uh, have learned to be so spontaneous with money where we can plan. We have a plan and we have a budget and everything like that. But spontaneously, we would spend something. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like that, that owl that that's at the cash register. And you got to go through mm -hmm. the aisle to get the cash register. They put that stuff there uh, uh, so you will grab it, you know what I mean, uh, spontaneously. Absolutely. And I feel like that's how we were um, where we didn't we didn't think about what we were spending, didn't think about uh, uh, the future because we budgeted our money. But then we didn't follow the budget because we were being so spontaneous with it. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yes. Let me tell you how I had to help myself with that because we're all human. And so even though I know this information, I would still be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I don't feel like cooking. I didn't budget to eat out. 
but I'm going to eat out because the money is available. So two Ooh. things that helped me. Ooh. One, Ooh. I wrote just, down. Oh. That just stole. <laughs> oh, God. Because <laughs> all of us do it. I wrote down oh, my boy. financial independence number. This one number that I want everybody to know for their life. Your financial independence number. How much money do you need to be financially independent when you retire? Because you cannot work till you die. Who wants to? It's not promised that ability will let you. And so I look at my financial independence number every day. And that has helped me because I'm like, if I don't do something about my spending, I'm going to have a real problem meeting this number. So that's one thing. And then the, the second thing, I put a little note by my door. So every time I have to walk past this thing, at least two times a day, and it says, what will you tell Mazi? My, my son's name is Mazi. One day when he asked me, Mama, I got accepted into um, university and I want to move to Switzerland and take advantage of this amazing opportunity. And I say, Mommy doesn't have any money to fly you there, take care of you, make sure you stay nothing. What will I explain to him at that point, right? Like so join the military. <laughs> and so but then he won't be able to go to school in another country for free, though. Yeah, I was just joking. <laughs> and so those two things have really helped me. And the third thing that has helped me is to put the extra money. So let's say your budget uh, calls for $2,000 a month and you make $3,000 a month. Take that extra thousand out of the account where the bills get paid. Actually feel that money running through your hands. It's a different yeah. feeling than swiping your debit card. Right, right. You're right. Because it's uh, it's almost it's so much easier to spend it when you don't see it. Yep, yep. But when you start wow. feeling it, when you break a, a hundred and the twenties start getting broken down, there's a different feeling that happens with that. And so I found that that has helped me because it makes the money feel real again. Yeah, that's good. That's and good. be honest with your budget. That's another thing. I think sometimes. You know, I know for a while I was on a Dave Ramsey kick and I love Dave Ramsey. So this is not a, a comment against him. But there's only so long that I could abide by the whole eat beans and rice, eat beans and rice. Don't enjoy your life. You don't do anything that a lot. Right. Especially when family members begin to pass away, because I started to look at how I'm not promised tomorrow. So I could suffer today, but I may not necessarily have tomorrow. So if it means I want to watch Trolls on Netflix and it's 1999. I'm on rent trolls, right? And so I had to make other decisions, like bring in my lunch to help balance that budget out. So I had to be honest with myself about what are the things that I know I really, really need to feel happy and feel whole. And instead of suffering through money, I right. trust God that I'm going to make more money. I'm going to put my talents to work. Be honest with your budget. If you're not using your gym membership, cancel it. Right. That's good. Keep that $20. What should we be doing with um, bills and and um, things that we can't pay right now. Like uh, I know a lot of people can't work and and, mm -hmm. and since kids are at home, that brings another element to it because like you said about the fin about finance as far as bills, uh, the light bill and food bill, but people are unable to work because their children at home and if they have to put them in a, uh, a nursery, then that's extra money. And I don't think they're really taking kids anymore in nurseries right now. So what should we be doing far as bills that we can't pay mm -hmm. and uh, finances that are not coming in? Two things. One, this is a great time to get over your fears and start a small business. Start a side thing, even if it's a podcast like Pastor Rob has, because right now Pastor Rob could call your food delivery services. He could call attorneys that are still working, right. notaries that are still working. You could call essential businesses and say, you can advertise on my podcast for yeah. $50 a week and they would jump on it. Right. right. And so right. starting your side thing, this is a good time for that to make that extra money come in. Uh, the second thing that I would say when it comes to making those decisions about work and what do I do with my kids and there, I, I, I hate to say like there's a, a, a place on the altar for everything. I don't want to sound cliche, but there really is a spot on the altar for everything. And if you, like me, I'm not going to physical church right now, I made a little altar at home so that I can be reminded every day. And I have a, a card. I read this little card and I'm reminded that I can put it all on the altar and that when I listen, not just pray and complain, 
not pray and watch TV. But when I really slow down and listen, God is giving me the ideas, the next steps. Those things are coming. A lot of times we're ignoring them, y'all, because we're fearful, we're nervous about what to do. But God is really ministering to us all the time. That's correct. He's given us ideas and he's given us visions and uh, things that I don't want to go to heaven. And and he's like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You know, and I gave you all these ideas and you did nothing with it. Absolutely. And each and every one of us have some gift that God has given us and, and using it to take care of ourselves and using it to take care of our families and the body of Christ is a good thing. It's a good thing. Absolutely. Opportunities will come to you. I get people who call me because I set an intention. I wrote about this in my book. When you set an intention, when you put something out there, you said, God, I'm giving this to you. Right. So I one of the things on my list that's on my altar is primarily. Right. This is my financial services career. God, I know I love doing it. I'm giving this to you. You lead God and direct me. Well, guess what? I get called out of the blue. Pastor Rob calls and says, I want to talk about finances. I want to bless people. So this is a perfect setup, right? I want to bless people. He wants to talk about finances, but guess what that equals? That equals me being able to operate in my gift. And now the gift makes room for me. If somebody decides, hey, I want to do some investing and I want to call Tyra. Yeah. When they call me, I get paid. God just made this whole thing work because I was sowing into people's lives along with Pastor Rob. That's right. That's really good. Sometimes we miss it. And it's those little things that God does that can equal big things, but we miss it and we let it pass by us, uh, not grabbing hold of those uh, those small blessings. Absolutely. Amen. One, one last thing on that is yeah. God gives us wisdom, right? We want to use these everyday world systems and the, the leadership of our government to benefit us. So the government has put directives out to a lot of companies, don't repossess cars right now, don't evict folks until this date, let's give people a chance, right? Well, now is a good time for you to call and negotiate with creditors. And so I've seen people able to get house notes and car notes deferred. And so don't be afraid, call. And if they say no, hang up the phone and call again. You're likely to get a different representative. Ask for a manager. That's right. And for me, I I always found it it was more fearful Yep. Uh, calling them, you know, uh, then the lights being cut out. Yeah. It, it's almost like we're okay with our own private shame of yeah. the lights being off than to tell somebody else I can't pay the light bill. Let me tell you what helped me just to think about this in a whole nother light. There's a, a well-known person that I know who um, does really well financially and they call to defer bills because right. the, and one, one key thing to that is to look at the terms. So if you defer your car note and they roll it on to the end of the, the loan, but they're not charging any extra uh, interest, you're good to go. Right. So you just that one month that you deferred it. Now, right. if you refinance in your house and they're going to charge you a whole new loan origination fee, and it's going to get wrapped into the loan and then you're paying more interest. Now, that's not a wise. So of course, you want to look at you want to look at uh, the, the terms that you're going to get. But for the most part, the terms are favorable to you. It allows you to keep the cash that you need today to feed your baby and make sure that you have what you need uh, and you can deal with the interest on the back end. Right. And so I just want to encourage you guys, make the calls. When I saw that a well-known person who has a lot of money and this isn't even affecting their pocket is yeah. doing this because it's a smart strategy, you guys. That's right. Um, Don't be ashamed. I was, actually, I was listening to... Um, a podcast that some NBA players do do this podcast and it's really good. And then the podcast, he was uh, one of the basketball players that makes, he makes millions of dollars, right? A year. And he said that players, basketball, NBA players are a lot of them are living paycheck to paycheck. And if they're living paycheck to paycheck, then regular people that are working at McDonald's or, or Walmart are living paycheck to paycheck. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck and the only money that came into you was at $1,200 or $1,700 and now you can't go to work and you, and, uh, you got more food that's bills and things like that. How do you make the decision between what bills to pay and what, uh, uh, what things to do with your money? Does that make sense? Ask it differently for me. What what should the average person do that's living paycheck to paycheck? 
how how do they make the decision of what to pay and when to pay it? Gotcha. So I would say start off with trying to defer everything that is possible to be deferred. Credit card bills can be deferred, car notes, anything that you can push off right now, I would. <clears throat> and then sit down with your money and have a, a real conversation with yourself about what changes can I make? What things can I cut? So maybe it's my uh, you know, your audio book uh, subscription or yeah. um, your magazine subscriptions. What are the smaller things that you could get rid of right now to really free up your money? And then take a hard look at due dates. You can okay. also change your due dates on things. And so let's say your regular job laid you off, but you were able to pick up some work driving Uber. Okay. But the Uber money is not first and 15th money. So if you can call, maybe it's a creditor that you can't defer, that you can't uh, defer your payment on, call them and say, can I move my payment date back to the end of the month? So that gives you time to save up the money that you need to pay them. Another right. really cool strategy is to pay partial payments on a couple things. So if it's major bills, like your car note, house note, stuff like that, every two weeks, send something. Number one, you're not likely to become 30 days late on anything, which yeah. preserves your credit because you never know when you're going to need to utilize your credit. So I want to encourage you to preserve it. Don't pay late if you can avoid it. If right. there's any way that you can pay on time, even if it means uh, borrowing money from your savings account, whatever you got to do, pay bills on time. I, I would dare to tell you if you got to go sell your iPad to pay yeah. a bill on time, I would do that um, right. because it, you can always get the iPad back. But credit, once you get that 30-day late or that 60-day late, it is years before you bounce back. It can drop your score so, so far. All right. right. So when you're making the decision about what to pay, make sure that you're deciding what are my essentials first, preserving your credit second, because that's going to be super important if you ever need it. Yeah. And then third, try to work out a strategy where you send something every two weeks. That's going to help you make an extra payment every year on things. That's another great benefit to it. I do yeah. it with my car note and my house note, uh, bi-weekly payments, because at the end of the year, you end up making an extra payment, which reduces the amount of interest that you owe those folks. And all the interest that you don't send to them, you get to keep it in your savings account for your legacy. Wow, that's good. I was reading that um, a lot of people are not paying rent right now. Mm -hmm. and that's a huge thing, because eventually... You're going to have to take care of that. It's going to come due. People are going to knock on your door and saying virus or no virus. You're going to have to pay something. Absolutely. So I want to remind you guys a lot of times where we're renting, whether it's a uh, single owner who's a, a landlord or if it's an apartment complex, these properties are not paid off. So the banks give the loans on those properties based on the projected cash flow. So that owner can lose that property. Right. That property can be sold to somebody who kicks everybody out. I mean, you just have no control. So I would encourage you, if you're renting and you can afford to pay your rent, pay right. what you can on your rent. Don't take this deferral lightly because it won't last forever. And number two, it's not sustainable if it did last. If the government said, please don't evict people, that would not stop the bank from taking over these properties. These right. landlords oftentimes don't own these properties independent, independently of themselves. That's right. That's good. Wow, this has been a, a great show already. I hope everybody's gotten a lot of information. Um, if you guys have any more questions, you still have time to call in. Uh, I actually, I love it when I see that little thing blinking. Hold on. <laughs> hey, Elizabeth. Hey, okay. So kind of in that vein, and like uh, Pastor Minga just said, you know, landlords have bills too. One thing uh, in the car industry that we saw back, I think it was 06, 07, somewhere in there with the major bailout of the um, big car companies. So they were going bankrupt. The government comes in, they bailed them out. But the vendors, the places where these people were getting their parts and stuff from, um, they didn't get bailed out. And so a lot of those companies went under. And I mean, it, it's a ripple effect. You know, because those yeah, companies couldn't couldn't, you know, produce anymore, they started outsourcing to other countries and stuff like that. And so we saw a lot of our parts suppliers go under, you know, as a result of that. And so it's kind of I guess kind of the same thing. If, if you're just because 
you're not being evicted doesn't mean that the person that you're paying the money to won't. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, and uh, Elizabeth, so you uh, work in an industry where uh, people pay you for, for services. Have you seen the finances of your company go down? Like what have you seen during we, the virus? Yeah, we did initially in the beginning, we saw a lot of, you know, people putting off um, car repairs and, Disclaimer, we always have kind of said, you know, hey, look, this needs to be done right now. This can wait, you know, kind of helping people to, to determine what's most important. Um, but we did see in the beginning a lot of people putting off things that technically are dangerous or that you shouldn't, you know, put off. Um, now we're starting to see people picking up a lot of around the time the stimulus checks went out. A lot of people came back and we're getting those things taken care of. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely, definitely affected our business. I mean, we had cut hours there for a while. Um, we're still, we're still, I mean, normally this time of year is our absolute busiest time. I mean, we are so far out on appointments and honestly, right now we're wide open. You know, we've got the guys doing shop maintenance and stuff like that. So we're, we're trying to keep everybody that's employed with us still in business, you know, still working. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely, definitely taking a hit. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. All right. Tyra, what would you think, uh, what would you say uh, to the everyone that's listening? Like, what would be your advice for us um, what to do now? I mean, after they hang up this, this phone, what should their first re reaction be? I want you to be excited. I believe that God doesn't do anything on accident, right? I don't believe in extreme coincidences. So if you're listening to this live or recorded later, if you're listening to this, it was meant for you to hear it. I want you to sit down with somebody who is licensed and trained and who will sit down with you for free Yeah. to help you go over your finances. And number one, get that stuff in order. Because I promise you, there is no time like the present. We have no clue what might happen tomorrow. Uh, I, I was listening to a, a colleague of mine earlier today who's an investment advisor. He was telling the story when his son fell. His son fell um, three feet, hit his head, and was in and out of consciousness. Yeah. And he was so traumatized watching his son fall that he couldn't spell his name. He couldn't give the nurse, the doctor, his own name. Yeah. And so I say that to say, y'all, if your stuff is in order somewhere and there's some loving person in your life who could go access it, they can make decisions I made all my family and I'm just that weird nerd. I yeah. made all my family get together for a family meeting. And I said, we, I called a mobile notary. I said, we're getting our wills done. We're getting our power of attorneys updated. And I made right. it. Afterward, it was a little bit awkward at first. We telling grown people what they're about to do. <laughs> but afterwards, everybody said, thank you. Because we never would have made time to do that. We would have bought new tennis shoes. Yeah. You know, we would have did back to school stuff. And we never would have taken the time to do that. That's such a great idea. Very cheap. It was mm -hmm. family meeting. That's that's such a great idea. Um, when I was in the military, one of the things that we did was um, we would gather everybody together for lessons on finances or new health information that we want to give. We would gather everybody together and we would teach classes and little workshops on it. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things I found out is that we don't really want that. You know what I mean? It's like that gift you get for Christmas that mm -hmm. you need, but it's not the thing that you want. You know, and it's like getting a vacuum when you know you need a vacuum, <laughs> but you don't really yep. want a vacuum for a gift. We see financial courses and we see health training and things like that. And we'll go buy it and we'll pass buy it even when it's free and uh, uh, and not take advantage of a podcast like this or a free lesson here. But I love, uh, one of the things I've always done is bring the church together. Uh, bring those that are around me in my sphere of influence, bring them together yes. and let's get this training together. You literally took the words out of my mouth. I was gonna say that one of the things I want you to do after this call, I want you to be excited because you were meant to be here. I want you to take action with somebody who will coach you, who's licensed, don't go. I, I have so many people who are like, well, my uncle, he has a lot of money and he helped me set X, Y, Z up. He is not licensed, trained, and has to do CUs, okay? Continuing education. And so sit down with somebody who's licensed and trained, get stuff organized in one spot, 
And it could even be loose papers in a folder. They just need to be together somewhere. And the other thing that I want to tell you is to talk to the people that are around you that you love. Because if I wasn't so nervous, I would have talked, when I think back to when my aunt passed, I would have talked to my family members about the things that I knew about life insurance and investments and stuff. But I didn't. I didn't. Uh, because I was scared to be judged and I didn't want anybody to be offended, to think I was trying to talk down to them. I had all these things in my head. And guess what I found out? The people around us, they trust us. And so the, uh, I heard somebody say, the three feet in front of you. Just look around the three feet in front of you and say, who do I know and love that would benefit from something like this? And that is how we shift the curve into talking about money and becoming more comfortable and not passing up podcasts like this. i never forget my last story. One of my friends, uh, she's a business owner today, but uh, about seven years ago, we were sitting at my office and we were just laughing and talking about the changes we were going to make. I was going to stop going to the hairdresser. We were going to keep our cars, you know, pay off bills. And I look at where we are now. We are only homeowners because we made those choices. We, we only, you know, we might not have the fanciest cars, but we don't have to worry too much about it, a light emergency. I call them a light emergency because we made those choices. And so if she hadn't opened up that conversation with me, I don't know how many more years it would have took me to really start thinking about money differently. So right. you have an impact on the people around you. That's right. And I want, um, I don't ever want to make it and not be able to take the people around me with me. Right. I want to be financially stable, but I want everyone I love to be financially stable as well. Amen. Right. That's the way that it works. We take care of each other. Amen. So um, if somebody wanted to call you or contact you, how do they do it? I would definitely say call me on my cell, 225-205-5400. I'm going to put it in the chat. That's my personal phone. Um, call me, text me if you don't reach me because I live my life in appointments. And so if you don't reach me, just shoot me a text. Um, but I would love to help you. And I, if I'm not the right person for you, and I, other people in the community can attest to this, I will hook you up with the right person. That is how much I want you to have this information. That if you're like, you know, I'm really, I, Tyra, I'd like to find somebody who's maybe an older man, right? That is totally fine. I know the website where we can look up. It's called Broker Check. We can look up their license and make sure that they are in compliance and that they didn't go to jail for something. And we'll make sure that we get you in contact with the right people. That's awesome. Uh, thank you again, Tyra, for coming on. Appreciate you so much, my sister. What do you got going on in the community? Anything, any place where people can come see you speak? Yes, two opportunities coming up. Uh, I have a podcast called the Purpose Filled Woman Podcast. You can check that out. And then secondly, I coach and train small businesses for free. Most of our services are absolutely free at a local nonprofit here in Baton Rouge. And so I want you to plug into our marketing training this week on Thursday night, six to nine. And then okay. next week, we have financial training where we're going to talk about small business paperwork. And so you want to hop on this. We have experts that we pay on your behalf to make sure that you get this information. That's awesome. I definitely I want to get that information so we could put it on our uh, church page so people can get it. And thank you again for everything that you're doing in the community, sis. Hey, talk to you soon. Hey guys, I uh, want you guys to tune in on Thursday. Me and Pastor Ming are going to be talking about sex, baby. So, uh -oh. I know, right? <laughs> I, I wish fun. I didn't have that work call so I could hop on that. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's at nine o'clock, so you can still call. We do it at oh, nine, so so we can uh, make sure the kids are in bed. So we're, we're excited about that. Thursday, nine o'clock. Our uh, our y'all around the world for the people yes. who haven't seen you guys i want y'all to know that uh pastor rob and pastor mingo are two of the most loving and into each other people and after all these years of marriage i want to know how so if you have anybody in your life that needs to hear this message about sex i definitely yes. think you should you should share this with them come on you know people are, they are shy one of the things that uh <laughs> me and pastor mingo are not shy we ain't shy so who knows what we're going to be talking about, <laughs> but that's our imperfect unity 
podcast. And we can't wait to talk to you guys on Thursday night. All right, Tyra, remember, give us that information. We're going to call into your podcast now. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. Good night. Love you guys. Y'all have an amazing, amazing night. I pray, uh, like I've always said, take this information. If you enjoyed the show, put it on your social media account. Say, hey, I enjoyed this show. I enjoyed it. You guys got to tune in next week or tune in on Thursday. Let everybody know that you got some really good information. Let everybody know that you had a, a great time listening and calling in. I love you and I pray for you and I bless you. Have a good one.